0: I don't know if many people know, I was actually born in India, but I came to the UK and I came to a, a fabulous town in Kent called Gravesend. We, we Asians kind of live a double life, don't we? In a sense. Yes. Both cultures to me are super important. And I think you can have the best of both. And they were looking for presenters and uh, we sent a demo tape um, to them and with some little as well. The f- <laughs> first person I ever interviewed was Sukhshinda Shinda. I'm not like, bbc trains where you ask certain questions or you don't ask certain questions i talked to him like i was sitting with him in the pub and i loved it i thought i love interviewing people and i get to meet kind of people that i like he says if i eat this much every day i'm gonna lose weight yeah right? so i did why i think we we're just built in that's something built in us that we need to run jump you know we're not built to really sit at home You're, that's a that's a form of meditation because that you know, them reps you're doing, you're not thinking about anything else.
1: My guest today is a photographer, musician, and the host of the SMT podcast. Welcome, Mr. Sathman. How are you doing? I'm very good.
0: I'm very honored that you asked me to come on to the Culture Cast. It's fantastic to be here. And it feels odd, someone asking me questions, but I'm ready, I'm up for this.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a big fan of your podcast as well, uh, which is why I, I thought I'd reach out because it it would just be cool to talk to someone who also is talking to a lot of cool people, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. It makes absolute sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited.
1: The the way I like to start every episode is basically by taking a trip down memory lane and um, talking about your upbringing and what you were like as a kid.
0: Sure, sure. Um, I I I don't know if many people know. I was actually born in India and uh in in a band called uh in husharpur and i came when i was about one and a half um but i was always proud that i was born in india and uh, i had an indian passport for a very long time right uh, uh, until it became too difficult to travel around (laughs) europe and things like that with with things i did later on in my life so i had to change it to a british passport but uh do you regret that decision now um yeah no <laughs> yes and no you know we can't travel around Europe anyway now so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've gone full circle I have um but uh yes yeah, so I came at, uh, one and a half with my sister as well and my dad was already here in the UK and uh so it's a quirk of fate really you know I could have ended up in India still in India and uh I could have been uh protesting with the farmers right now actually because uh, that's when my family are all farmers and my uncles so it's it's something quite close to my heart and i think about that sometimes when i see them uh, protesting i think that 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 could have been me and probably would have been and i would like to think i would have been there with them uh but i came to the uk and i came to a, a fabulous town in kent called gravesend yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a fantastic place uh, gravesend because it's quite small but uh, it's a, there's a very large uh, Sikh community in Gravesend, Punjabi Sikh community, right? And uh, I mean, that community, you know, my dad's sort of era, and even before him, done so much uh, for that community to, 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 to embed uh, Punjabi people in Gravesend. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's so much that's happened there. There's football teams, uh, G&G Football Club, Jugnu Bhangra Group. Uh, Four by Four dancers, Benedict uh, Monday the the bunker band as well, uh, which you know about, and uh, and and a whole host of other people, you know. So culturally, uh, with Punjabi uh, music and dance, and also we've got Graves in Godwara, such a, a beautiful yeah. uh, b- b- building, right, and uh, which is known, I think, throughout Europe and the, and the UK as well. So I was always happy to be born in Graves. Then it was perfect, you know. I've moved now. Um, I now live in Yorkshire.
1: Oh, closer to me
0: yeah so I'm quite far away from Kent and uh so, so it kind of reminds you of what you miss you know and so uh, that's where I grew up in Gravesend I became a Gravesend boy because uh, I remember <laughs> I remember going to university and uh you know when you try and talk to girls you know at that age and they would ask they go where are you from I said Gravesend they'll be like rolling their eyes <laughs> he's <a>, said <laughs> Gravesend boy right so uh, I don't know why it's so bad but you know um, that's but growing up, uh, you're kind of asking kind of my sort of uh, dreams of what I wanted to do. You know, uh, I, I, I remember really getting into uh, Bangalore music around that time, you know, and uh, when I was at school. So this is going to be back in the 90s. Right. And uh, Bangalore music was massive then. You know, it was mm-hmm. so popular live bands. They used to be bands at weddings and. Uh, My friend lent me a cassette. It was called Bangalore Fever 2. And uh, yeah, you know it, right? And uh, I I, I took it home and played it. Uh, It was a cassette. You know, that's how old I I am now. Uh, And uh, I just fell in love with the music because it had the Punjabi lyrics, which was obviously, I spoke Punjabi in my house. And um, even now uh, I speak, you know, Punjabi to my mum. I don't really speak English to her. She doesn't really know English too well. And even to my dad. So in our house, we always spoke Punjabi. And but this music was uh, a, a mesh of both things, you know, it had Punjabi lyrics, but it had sort of English instruments, guitars and drums. And I've, I, I just fell in love with it after that. Right. And uh, and because my Punjabi wasn't too bad, I kind of used to sing along mm-hmm. right, to, 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 to the songs. And uh, w- when we used to um, be in school people used to sing the songs and i knew the words were wrong i knew they were pronouncing them wrong right so yeah. i used to i used to sort of jump in and sing and uh, that's kind of i kind of fell in love with singing i think i kind of like the attention if i'm honest right yeah. you now when you're with a group of friends and uh you're you're in the middle like go and sat sing a song and I, I wasn't very good or anything but i think i just knew the words right and uh that's kind of where my love of music come along and uh i i was good friends with uh Munde, pdm uh the, the, ma- the main singer, Baal Singh Desi, his son, I used to go to college with him, right? And right. Uh, and uh, it, I used to sort of hang around with him, right? Because I love music. And uh, his dad, Baal Singh Desi, said, why don't you join Jugnu?" You know, there's okay, a, yeah. a uh, Juganoo uh, folk bangna, uh, dance group. And uh, I wanted to join them to do the Bolinga. all right? So mm. that's who that's who I joined. I joined juggernau. Uh you can stop me at any time because I can rattle on, right? Anyway. No, no, it's good. So I joined Juganu and this was a, there was a group of young people my age, doing Punjabi folk dancing, uh, doing shows, doing weddings, and uh, I just thought this is fantastic. I need to be part of this, and yeah. uh, also it gave me a reason to get out of the house, you know, to say to my family, you know, <laughs> I'm going this week and I've got a show right in Birmingham or whatever, right? It's just to kind of see the world a little bit. Yeah, I was stuck in a little bubble right in Gravesend and uh, that's kind of where I learned my um, trades so to speak you know. Um, So yeah I just fell in love with Jungle Bunga Group and and because we did a lot of medley and weddings I used to just get a chance to go on stage Mm -hmm. and that was it was an absolutely uh, fantastic feeling you know to to be on stage and to do so many shows and uh, I I think I fell, fell in love with it there and and i think at that point my dream was to be a a a bungada singer you know a a uk bungada singer that's all i wanted to do but i think what i lacked and this is probably a tip for anyone listening i didn't lack the um uh consistency to practice on a daily basis Mm -hmm. you know so with anything in life even podcasting um photography even even working out training right uh it's consistency and it's about putting in the hard work and it's not all about the fun bit of uh going on stage and you know uh I- enjoying it that way it's about the hard work you put in before and i think i kind of lack that part uh, because i was lucky because Jyuguru Bangla group gave me a stage and sometimes you really have to earn to be on a stage right uh you have to earn the stripes you know you have you have to put that hard working. Because I used to sing with another gentleman who was older than me, and because uh, he kind of did the heavy lifting, he did most of the body, right? And I was kind of there, jumping here and there. So I kind of had it easy in a sense. Um, but if I could, uh, if I could do it again, I'd, I'd, I'd obviously try and practice a lot more. And uh, so that's kind of my intro into uh, uh, Bhangra group and Bangla music. Yeah. And, and for many many years, that's all I really really wanted to do
1: yeah i think in the 90s is um well, that's when i was born to be fair but the music that i remember was like uh like b21 and things like that and it's very much like a a clash of you you have the punjabi lyrics but they did seem to use a bit more of like a garage sort of style which was quite popular back then like in in like the english sort of uh, charts as well which is quite cool did you ever like dance as well or was it just, were you just focused on uh singing when you when you joined the Punjabi group
0: it, it, you know what i i didn't dance it, because it, it's incredibly hard work <laughs> dancing right yeah and you guys are super fit right and but no i was mainly just a singer i think at one medlam we had a procession through the town some english town and uh, i think i danced a bit then but nothing on stage and uh but it, it was just mainly bullying it's interesting because things like Bhangra music in the 90s, like you mentioned, B21, it's, it, you know, like, uh, we, we Asians kind of live a double life, don't we, in a sense? Yeah, yeah we've got t- two kind of faces. We've got one at home where we're sort of Punjabi, we eat the, you know, Punjabi food and speaking Punjabi. And then we're out out of the house where we're with our friends who kind of speak English and we've got English friends. And, you know, it's, we live this dual life. And I think the mute that music, Bangorong music, was kind of a mesh between the both. And uh, and that's why I think it appealed so much at that time to us. Yeah. Um, maybe more so than it does now because everything's mixed up these days today. You know, my, my kids are, are rarely speaking Punjabi, which I'm very ashamed about, right? And um, it, it took me a while to explain to them that we're Punjabi. And they just, they were like, no, no, no. I go, no, no you are Punjabi, right? but they go we live in England and I'm like yeah you do live in England but you're Punjabi they go but why do we live in India and, and I thought it, 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 the conversation just went on and on and on we could have been their hours but yeah I could see how their minds are thinking and if you think about it that's kind of how we were we was thinking well you know we're here in the UK and our kind of parents don't want us to kind of integrate and mingle too we don't want to become too English yeah. you know and you know have girlfriends and go out and you know <laughs> but we, we kind of want that, but the other hand, you know, we're, we're Punjabi as well, kind of trying to balance in both cultures and uh, I think it's slightly changing now, but I remember that period quite well. And I think that's why my family were very happy for me to join Jugnu Bangla group because, you know, Punjabi folk dancing, I think in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, I can get out and about, you know, and uh, <laughs> see yeah. the world a little bit. And, I, you know, I did a few tours with them as well. We went to Jordan and I think it's the first time I left the UK on my own. With, you wow. know, and uh, that's a fantastic experience. With another Bhangra group from Birmingham called uh, Gobru Punjab, there, and I just met these all these fantastic characters. Yeah, you know, and uh, great experiences. And uh, I, I look back at them fondly. You know, Gobru Punjab, group is still going around now. Yeah, and uh, even four by four. You know, them guys are fantastic, my friends. You know, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where, where the Bhangra uh, love came from.
1: Yeah 100% I feel like when you're a kid especially you just want to fit in I I assume that uh, with your daughters being in Yorkshire now there's probably a lot more white people than there is in Gravesend where you grew up so to assimilate like it's the same for me when I was growing up in Newcastle there's not many um there's not many Indian people here either so you sort of do want to assimilate and then the older you get the more you start to appreciate your culture and your background Mm -hmm. and uh, how important it is and how um like you want to fit in as much as a kid, and then when you get older, you start to value the differences to everybody else. Yeah, which hundred percent. Um, and you mentioned it a few times already. Is a PDM the music band, and you're now part of that. And there's like a reunion that's happened recently with a new song. And you mentioned the farmers' protest at the beginning, and the the two are basically linked together. The song and the uh, the reunion and the farmers' protest. Do you want to talk a tiny bit about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, um. I, I'd be completely honest, um, with, with PDM, you know, the, uh, I have a few WhatsApp groups and my PDM friends and brothers are one of them. And that's mm-hmm. my main WhatsApp group. And that's we kind of keep in touch because obviously uh, I'm up here now and they're, they're down there. And this sort of comeback that we've done now, these songs that were recorded were recorded quite a while back. Right. And uh, we, we're kind of still, we're still signed up to Kiss Records, um, oh. you know, so uh I think we've got a, a few singles to release uh, to sort of fulfil the contracts as well, and so we thought let's do it now. Now's a good time uh, with the uh, the farmers' protest and the songs. We we're kind of a traditional band anyway. You know, lyrics. But Balancing Desi's got a very traditional voice. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, we get we he had a song called uh, a Ticket, um, and that's the one out at the moment. We got a lot more coming out as well, and. Uh, uh, the boys down south, they've been really uh, working hard and getting these uh, uh, songs together. It, it feels kind of weird now because we, we, we was from a generation pre-YouTube mm-hmm. and pre-social media. So a lot of this is kind of uh, not new to us. I mean, on my podcast, obviously, I share my podcast on social media. But for a band, for us to be doing it together, you know, it, it it's a weird thing. Uh, it's a weird situation because I, I, I don't know about you, but when, when I've got a podcast show, it's just me posting it and sharing it. When you've got a band yeah, <laughs> of different opinions, <laughs> it's sometimes harder to get a consensus of what you, we should do or not do. Um, but that's kind of what we did because we've had the songs recorded anyway. Uh, we thought, let's release them. They're going to be wasted otherwise. And uh, now you can do so much remotely. You know, you can work with producers uh all over the world if you wanted to you know um yeah. uh so that makes a difference uh so we thought why not let's release them you know and uh and here here we are we're kind of <laughs> kind of making a comeback
1: yeah definitely like I, i've been keeping up to date on your social media and things of uh of the comeback and uh like even like um pages like retro Punjab, job um they they have a lot of like your music when you were coming up with the uh, the, the studio sessions from back in the day and now for this release and it does look quite cool but I imagine obviously like you alluded to there a lot's probably changing in that time like technology wise of recording um, well you just said it yourself basically you can re- record anywhere you want
0: yeah yeah it, it's it's weird because you know PDM uh, we're we're from a generation we're a live band you know mm-hmm. uh, we 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 did a few PA's towards the end. But it's just not for us because we're not a PA band, we're a live band, right? And yeah. you talked about B21, kind of when they came onto the scene, RDB, things yeah. kind of started changing a little bit on the live scene. DJ started coming in a bit more, and PAs were a big thing. And it soon come, becomes apparent you don't, people don't want to see the band maybe, they they want to see the singer and uh, <laughs> with, his, with his CD or with her CD. And
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: so it became difficult, you know, um, and even for myself, I was thinking, you know, we're releasing these songs, but then what, you know, we can't play anywhere with COVID as well. We, mm-hmm. we, we it's very hard for us to get together anymore to practice, you know, um, but uh, to be honest, I'm enjoying it at the moment. Them guys are doing a fantastic job and uh, I'm, I've heard the other songs as well, and they are brilliant. There's there's a couple more, I won't say too much in case I ruin in the uh, social media plan of how they <laughs> re- release them. But uh, I was very lucky to join PDM, if I'm honest. It's only because uh, I went to college with one of the members, uh, actually two of them. And uh, I, I think I kind of, uh, I, I did his head in a bit really and said, look, <laughs> You need the backing vocalist you need a backing vocalist i may have given him a few links and uh, he he said all right oh okay join and then i joined and uh yeah i i mean i, I loved it you know that again another fantastic experience you know going into studios to record um playing at weddings uh i mean it, it, it was an absolutely brilliant blast you know making videos music videos i yeah. mean um I, I i i've been very lucky with very limited talent, I would say. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think you're being yeah, humble there. I've just kind of, uh, I've, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not a great singer. I've never was and never will be, but I just had, I just, I was in the right place at the right time. I had enthusiasm and I, you know what, one thing probably I worked hard, you know, I always turned up on time. Mm-hmm. I was never late. Uh, I learned what I needed to learn. Uh, even with juvenile as well, I learned all the out. I made sure I could do as much as I could and uh, it kind of worked out well you know even with this latest track that's out for the farmers protest it was mu- the music was done by shin gc uh Hair. Oh, yeah. and um shin hair was a good friend of mine from ju- from junior days you right so he used to play the doll. i used to do the bonya and you know, he's a fantastic music producer now right and uh, he on one of his albums i think it was baseline he's gonna kill me if i forget the album name i sung on that as well because he gave me a chance he's my friend he goes you want to sing and uh, again I, I don't think no one else would have asked me to to record a song, but um, I've, I've just got really good friends.
1: <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. Uh, the, the, often the saying goes is it's not uh, what you know, it's who you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously I mentioned at the introduction, the SMT podcast. So you, you, you are also a podcast host, but it's not the first podcast you had. You you had the Brit- British Asian podcast beforehand as well. Yeah. So yeah, what led into so. what led into the like, this podcasting career? Or oh, hobby
0: Yeah, so I uh, back in two thousand and one, I think two thousand, uh, I joined Punjab Radio. Uh, okay. Me, me, and Shin here. Uh, Punjab Radio had been around for about a year, and they were looking for presenters. And uh, we sent a demo tape uh, to them, and with some Laddu as well. <laughs> tape and a demo, tape, if I remember rightly, right. And uh, anyway, they liked the demo tape, but they called us in. And uh, they said, you know, yeah, you're interested. We can show you the ropes. And if you want to do a show with us, you can. And we was a bit like, wow, okay. And we did a radio show together. Um, Just before that, actually, you know, just thinking about it, me and Shin, uh, Shin GC, we actually started an online radio show back in 2000. Very early. Yeah, very early, maybe nineteen ninety, And we were streaming songs. Yeah, in 2000, and we was, we was kind of ahead of our time, right? But it was so terrible, the internet connections. Uh, it didn't quite work, but I think the nucleus of the idea we had was, uh, was right, obviously, right? But <laughs> it didn't quite work, so we joined a proper radio station, and uh, and we, we, we had great fun there. I learned so much again, you know. My first, uh, we didn't do that many interviews, right? And um, Shin would do the, he'd be in control of the board, you know, with the levels. And I, I literally was just a talker. Yeah. And it uh, <laughs> kind of worked that well that way. And um, the f- first person I ever interviewed was Sukhshinda Shinda. Whoa, straight yes. in the deep end. <laughs> uh, yes. And on that day, it just so happened that Shin here wasn't there. He had to go. He, he couldn't make oh, it no. So uh and I remember Sonia, the girl Sonia there, I said, Sonia, you're going to have to help me out because I don't know what I'm doing on the board. Plus I'm going to have to interview Shinda Shinda, who I was a big fan of. Uh, you're going to have to help me out. Right, so she, helped, she was on board for the first time. And I, I, I've not been formally trained as an interviewer. So I'm not like BBC trained where you ask certain questions or you don't ask certain questions. I talked to him like I was sitting with him in the pub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I said, I, yeah, I was just saying, you know, um, you know you can sing you can play loads of instruments you're a very good looking guy you know <laughs> is there is there much you can't do and i was asking <laughs> questions like that and he was a bit taken aback thinking <laughs> no one's really talked to me on radio it's live by the way it's not a podcast either right? so it's live and i think he had a good time and he said to me after because that was a really good interview Guys, i had a really good time and uh, we had a bit of a laugh and i loved it i thought i love interviewing people and i get to meet kind of people that i like you know and uh Anyway, we did that for a few years and slowly, you know, life gets in the way, work commitments, and it was getting difficult for me to travel to Southall where Punjab Radio is based. And uh, and I kind of stopped everything for a while. I stopped right. music, uh, PDM were kind of finished by then, you know, uh, Bangalore had stopped going to the Bangalore group. I'd left them as well. Uh, I'd left everything behind. And I kind of sort of ambled around for a while, not doing much. Um, and as I was ambling around, not doing much, I was listening to these things called podcasts yeah. back in 20, 20, 14, 2014, maybe, uh, 2013. And I loved them because, A, they were quietly, uh, quite raw. They were a bit rough. They weren't like radio. And people were swearing on them. They yeah. were really raw conversations. And I was just mesmerized by this obviously doing radio for so many years and then listening to this i thought this is fantastic right and uh you know i was trying to get other people to uh, you know everyone knows about podcasts these days mm-hmm. but believe me when i started my podcast back in 2015 when i first started it, no one really knew about them so i would sell it as it's it's internet radio
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> right and uh, when i try to get people on i used to say you know it's internet radio uh, just to get them on, and because uh, they were like, "What's the podcast? How do you listen to it? You know, uh when's it going on live, and stuff like this." Right, <laughs> was, uh, really annoyed me that did, right? And uh, but anyway, I, I I kept listening to, them and I thought I could do something like this, some interview shows. I used to listen to uh Mark Maron, called WTF. Right, I don't know if you heard of it, right? And he used to interview comedians. And then I heard Joe Rogan, obviously, yeah. and these these fantastic podcasts. And uh, I thought, I, and I had to look around for any. Uh, desi punjabi ones or asian ones and there wasn't any around in 2015 right none uh, i think there was a couple in canada right if i remember because mm-hmm. canadian seems to be a little bit further ahead in social media <laughs> wise than us yeah and um but no one in the uk had really heard of them so I thought i'm going to start one and it was going to be called the one in 2015 it was going to be called the smt podcast okay uh, and um <laughs> and i brought the domain and i brought everything for smt podcast and uh just just about when i was getting to the point of interviewing people i thought i can't go to people and say it's called the satman podcast because no one knows who the hell i am right yeah. so i uh, i'm gonna call it the british asian podcast yeah and mm-hmm. uh, it was probably a bit of luck that i called it that because it, it helped branding it easier at the beginning and so i asked a few people if they wanted to come on and uh, obviously, because I was in music and I was in radio before, and I did—I'd um, uh, have been about. I, I knew a few people in the music, yeah. so I thought I'll ask some people, you know, if they want to come on. And uh, one of the people, one of the first interviews I ever did in my living room was the MP Tandesi. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. he's from Gravesend, and I called him and yeah. I said, "Do you want to come on?" He wasn't an MP then, by the way. He was, right. he, he was trying to be an MP, right? And uh, he was the first person that came to my house with a cup of tea, and I interviewed him. And he really loved the experience. He said, "It's oh, it's so much better than radio because I have to kind of uh, think about all, what I'm saying all the time, you know? Uh, it's a bit free flow, and, you know, so I interviewed him. He was the first recording I ever did was Tandesi, who's now an MP. And I, yeah. I, I like to think I helped him in some way to become <laughs> an MP. and yeah. <laughs> But he's he's doing great now, isn't he? You know, I see him yeah. having a go at Boris quite a lot. He's always yeah. quite angry, isn't he, Tan? Uh, I did text him. I go, you, you get quite angry when you're talking to Boris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got some really good clips. Of, like he does, he's he's very good at social media exposure because you see these little clips from Parliament and he hits the nail on the head in like a very uh, bite-sized sort of clip, which is obviously what social media is nowadays. Is the yeah. British ASM podcast still available?
0: It's not, I still, I, the feed I'm on at the moment, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, the podcasts run on a feed. The feed is the same one it was before for the British Asian podcast. Right. So them shows are still there, but I've taken them off the feed for now. Uh, okay. So I might, because I didn't want people to get confused and uh, at the beginning anyway, when I started the other show. So 2015, I started that and uh, podcasting was so new. And I, like I said, I, I kept trying to explain to people, look, it's not radio. And then eventually I just said, yeah, it's internet radio. But this yeah. is gonna come. And I had to physically go and meet people then. I had to travel. I used to travel around the country and uh, take my two mics with me, my little recording device, right? My Zoom recording device. And that's how I did it. And uh, I, I I used to have a show a week, right? And which is quite hard work, as yeah. you, you probably know yourself, right? And, yeah. uh, but I did it and and I think because it was new, and people didn't really understand it. And uh, and because podcasts are super cool anyway, right? And then once once people started listening to them, they thought, oh, this is a bit different. You know, because the people I had were kind of, you know, I, I had a martial artist on and he's talking about depression and how it got out of depression. Mm-hmm. And these were long form interviews and it wasn't like 15 minutes and uh, yeah. I've got to go to the news or 15 minutes. So let me, let me put the ads on for VT Rice you know, and <laughs> uh, you know, it was a pure conversation, and people really got into them. Because people were saying to me, "You've got to do it shorter. Make it half an hour. Make it 15 minutes. Because yeah. no one's going to listen to them." And I said, "No, I don't want to because yeah. that's going to ruin the people. Trust me, people will listen to a long-form podcast because it's it's how we consume content these days. It's on demand. You know, people listen to your podcast maybe at least for half an hour. They can pause it, and they can make a cup of tea or they can." Uh, work out in the gym and they can play it the next day from where they left off you know it's yeah. on dem- it's like netflix right it's like on demand audio yeah. um so i you know when I, I created it i didn't really know how well it's going to be received i was so nervous i don't know about you when i when i did my first podcast i recorded three of them and because uh, i wanted three one after the other quickly i didn't want people waiting around and i was so nervous about putting it out i gonna f- i thought people were gonna think i'm an idiot and i didn't the guests were fantastic i thought what they're gonna say look i'm not asking the right questions it was fear pure fear yeah i didn't and i kept going on about it my wife eventually got sick and tired of me she said look if you're not gonna put them out just give it up you Mm -hmm. know yeah don't do it and then i thought you know i'm gonna put the ones i've recorded i'm gonna put them out let's see what happens and uh and, and, and i did and people did like them it started growing slowly i'll be honest you know and it was about march i think march of uh march or april in 2015 and uh, the podcast came out and it done really well and I, then yeah. i started getting people asking me to come on you know yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. when you sometimes know it changes yeah so that's sort of the tipping point when people ask you to come on your show then you know that gets annoying as well by the way and,
1: yeah. uh, <laughs> not in the early days. I'm buzzed. I got like the first couple so far, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is so cool."
0: <laughs> people will come on, you know. People yeah. will come on because they like to talk about themselves. Let's be honest, and they might have something they want to kind of sell. There might be a mm-hmm. book, there might be some kind of coaching, or whatever they're doing, a, a single, an album, whatever it is, right? And uh, so I, I, I just kept releasing them, you see, and I, and and I said I had a varied range of uh, guests because podcasts can be quite niche. You know, they be yeah. very business-orientated or the arts or book reviews. But mine was kind of a bit of everything, and yeah. uh, which is sometimes harder to brand. But I I, kind of thought, you know what, I like different things. I like training, as you know, and I like yeah. photography. I like the arts. I like Pongano music, obviously, you know, and I just liked a lot of things. And I thought, I'm just going to talk to people that I think are quite interesting. Yeah. and around that time i think it was in august that year 2015 i got an email from uh, the the asian media awards in manchester okay. right and they said um you've been shortlisted right and uh for the best blog right okay. um, yeah and uh, i was like i'm not a blog i'm a podcast right and i go we haven't really got a category for podcast and they <laughs> They still haven't, by the way. Asian media Awards <laughs> <right>? because <laughs> that's what I mean. It's so new. And yeah. Hopefully they will change that because there's so many good podcasts out, like yourself, and other podcasts have started, right? But at that time there wasn't one, right? So they put me in the best blog category, and I went to Manchester. Fantastic evening, by the way. A lot of soap stars, all the Asian soap stars, and uh, anyway, I, I I didn't win. I lost to a a makeup artist from on YouTube. Right. And, right. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny, really. But anyway, but I was talking about alcohol, uh, depression, and all kinds yeah. of deep, deep subjects. And uh, someone was telling out to put makeup on, and,
1: uh, <laughs> and you're in the same category,
0: same category. But she she had uh, millions of views, and I think that's what life's about, isn't it? These days, yeah, it's about downloads and views. And didn't win it, but a fantastic experience, and that sort of elevated my podcast a bit because the people in the in the rooms there were in involved in media. And they were a lot of PR companies there, and obviously they've got clients
1: from yeah.
0: their PR companies, and they started getting, you know, like people like Inquisitive coming on. Uh, I got uh, Jana came on, and I got all these kind of mix of people, right? And uh, and then t- 2016, it's hard work for anyone who wants to start a podcast. Trust me, it's hard work. It's not easy, mm. right? Uh, this bit's quite fun, talking. <laughs> about, as you yeah, know. yeah. And uh, uh, this is the fun bit, but the editing is a right pain in the ass. I'll be honest, right? And uh, uh, I know sometimes when it used to, when someone, we used to get disturbed. This is when we was face to face. I was doing an interview once and uh, uh, the door knock, someone knocked on the door, this is someone's house and uh, it was a, it was a sofa delivery. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle of it, this guy's putting a sofa in and everything. Anyway, but editing's just a nightmare afterwards, right? Because you're trying to cut out the piece that, where the delivery guy come and, uh, anyway, so, but, but in 2016, I got nominated again, right? Same same award again, right? I thought, I've got to win it this time, right? And uh, yeah. I've got another year behind me. But this time, I lost to a uh, uh, to that guy. I've got his name now. Um, he's got green eyes. He's a motivational sort of guy. He's a monk. He used to be a monk. Oh, Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. That's what yeah. I lost to, right? And yeah. it's quite a funny story because we're sitting on the table and... Uh, my wife's flicking through the sort of book that you get on the table, right? All the nominate nominees. And uh, <laughs> Jay shit, he's a good-looking guy, green eyes. And uh, she's heard of him because he's on YouTube, got millions of views. She goes, you ain't going to beat him. <laughs> 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 but I go, what do you mean? She goes, he's got millions of views. She goes, look at him, right? <laughs> oh, he's, that's like not that nice. <laughs> he's like perfect, right? And uh, yeah, he won, right? And uh, because he did have millions of views and you know he's done fantastic after this, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. But, um i every time for anyone listening who goes for these kind of awards and things like this and doesn't win or you know i would always say to them look look at where you've come from and because i my it's my wife actually said to me look you, she goes, don't worry if you didn't win she goes you started your podcast on the dining room table
1: yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Li-
0: literally watching youtube videos on how to uh to a podcast I didn't didn't know how to do it right uh, how to edit how to use audition that's what I use is audition to edit right and uh, I didn't know what I was doing right and I didn't know about waves because remember back in the radio days I was the talker I wasn't the controller so I didn't really know about levels and all this kind of business so I learned but she goes you so she goes you've done well you know to uh and I think everyone should look from where they've come from and don't don't feel that just because you haven't won an award because really what's an award it's just someone's opinion yeah no one's really the best are they you know well, no yeah, exactly the,
1: yeah and no everyone's got an opinion like like you said before people were saying to have 15 30 minute podcasts and that's not how it works i have the same experience at my house when i was saying i want to do a podcast my mom's like what's a broadcast i was like no no it's a podcast <laughs> like, You yeah. know so what is it gonna be like a 20 minute episode or is that well no they're like an hour she's like no no one's gonna listen to that but having come from listening to Joe Rogan and and like the the massive podcasts like that for so many years, like obviously I'm I'm a consumer of the content that I'm now trying to create. So I'm just thinking instead of having somebody else ask somebody I want to talk to questions, why don't I just ask them the question if I have a podcast? Yeah. That's the way I viewed it going into it. It's just I'm speaking to people who I want to talk to and i think that's that's the great thing like the biggest podcast is joe rogan and he Mm. just speaks to people he wants to similar to yourself you there's no like business category there's no this that or the other like you were saying before it's it's just the podcast reflects you your interests your hobbies and i think that's how the best ones work like that uh, in my opinion and yeah
0: no i agree i agree and i i've learned so much Mm-hmm. i've learned so much from people right it's unbelievable from so many different genres i've learned about what it takes to to be successful in a way in in their own fields and you know it's it's a lot about determination it's a lot about uh not listening to negative feedback Um, uh, it's a lot about you know uh having a goal and laser focused and not giving up and a lot of the people i've interviewed Viewed who have done certain things in their lives you know um you know success is you know how do we measure success you know uh, yeah. does it does it mean you've got a million pounds in the bank or is it have you done something of some kind of you know something worthy to leave behind in the world a book have you written a book you know you yeah. may have made a million pounds but you may have written a really important book so success you know it, it, it's defined by how you perceive it really um so but i learned so much from people and I learned a lot about, you know, a lot of women's issues I didn't really know about, you know, mm-hmm. by interviewing them. And I, 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 that's kind of why I love it so much, because every time I meet someone, um, I always learn something from them. And uh, and I get to interview my heroes because yeah. I, I interviewed uh, Shin from DCS. Yeah. And uh, I grew up listening to that guy, right, uh, as a kid like rinse these tapes learn all the words and i saw him at weddings and gigs and uh, i thought he's amazing and to get a chance because you meet them and they talk to you for a bit for like five minutes and then they've got to go right but to get a chance to sit with him for an hour and a half or whatever it was right uh, just me and him you know it, it's fantastic and uh, there's another reason I do long uh, podcasts is because I might not be able to talk to them again, you see. They yeah, might, they might not come on again, right? So I, I make the most of it at, at that time, uh, so I get to meet my heroes, the Dara Gil, as well from Up Nasangi inquisitive. You know, I interview people like that, it's just fantastic. So that's why I did it, and it just sort of snowballed from there. Um, and then I think for the for the British Asian podcast, it got to a point where. I don't know. Maybe I, 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 maybe I got bored a bit.
1: Right,
0: you know. Maybe because I kind of what the problem I think I had with branding it the British Asian podcast is because I couldn't interview anyone that wasn't British or Asian. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right, and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of interview people abroad. Maybe you know, in Canada, India. Maybe you know, there's 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 Asians everywhere, and that was always in the back of my mind. But I at the time zoom wasn't a thing yeah there, was, yeah there was way of recording on skype but it was kind of a flaff right and i couldn't be bothered it was too yeah. technical and you had to kind of uh, send technical instructions to the guest as well and I, I i don't know if you know it's very hard you can control your environment but when you have to tell a guest do this do this yeah yes yeah. some of them are stupid right they don't get <laughs> it right and, uh, um just kidding guys <laughs> and, uh, but you know it's hard to explain to someone this is what you need to do uh, but now zoom come along and we got locked down because of corona um, everyone knows how to use zoom and it's become kind of the norm and yeah. the, and the quality become better and uh, when that happened that was this is in the first lockdown last year in uh, march i'd think people were saying to me oh you should get your podcast going do it on zoom and i went nah because i was a bit of a snob <laughs> i'll be honest yeah. audio yeah. snob i said no nah, it's not good quality the audio's not good. They go, well, yeah. oh. They go, people are using it on the news, ain't they? You know, on sports, uh, on Sky Sports, they are interviewing footballers uh, via Zoom. They go, why can't you do it? And I thought, well, I'll try it. And I, the first one I did was with PDM, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We just, <laughs> that's the first one I did. And uh, it worked out all right. I thought, that's well, not too bad, is it? And then then, the light bulb moment happened for me because I thought, I could do about five interviews a day. I yeah. release them, right, every week. I'll be like, I can, I can record them in, in bulk. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can have a show every week. And um, then I sort of rang a few of my friends, Sok Suk the comedian, and uh, uh, I had another friend who's a film director, makes film videos, right? And he done good last month, Sonny Dinsey. And I said, Do you want to come on? Because I promised him he could come on the last one, and I stopped. Yeah. So I always had him in my mind, and he came on as well. And it snowballed again, and I started getting into it. Because you could do it at home, can't you? Now, it's well, that's so much, it. Yeah, it's so much easier because i spent spent a lot of time traveling but this was a walk upstairs um and just record so that's what i did i just started recording it and uh, especially um, i mean one of the benefits i mean if you could say it's a benefit of lockdown a lot of people are at home at the moment mm-hmm. so if you want to reach out to people for interviews <laughs> now's the time because they ain't, they ain't anywhere right even if they say no yeah.
1: Not going anywhere, right <laughs> Well, that's it. That's why I started mine. To be fair, is like the first lockdown happened, and I'd always had sort of this, um, this sort of vision in my head that one day I'll be able to do this and I like, speak to a lot of people and things. And then you get sidetracked with university and like following a the quote-unquote professional career path. Yeah. Um, and then this happens, and I'm thinking, well, now's the best time, dude. I mean, like, it, you're always gonna have an excuse. And I feel like not just in for me setting up this podcast, but a lot of other people, when this uh, the first lockdown happened, it was one of them things where it's like a reality check, like time stood still. You're not allowed to leave your house. You like focus on uh, realigning your priorities, focus on what's actually important to you, what your dreams, your aspirations. And then a lot of people ended up setting up a side business that they've always wanted to or a podcast like myself and doing all these extra things that they never would have done if they didn't have that extra time which is um, really cool. Like, uh, what, one of the first people that I interviewed was a person that's been on both the British Asian podcast and the SMT podcast, which is Azad, Azad Singh. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Which is one of the dopest things, because as as I said on the podcast and beforehand when we were speaking, i have followed him for donkey's years, like uh, maybe five, six years. I've seen his, like, ads on Facebook, and I was like, whoa, there's a Singh doing fitness when I was just starting to get into the gym. And then fast forward like five, six years later, and I'm talking to him on a podcast. I'm like, "Whoa, this is so this is so cool." Do you know mean cool, like yeah. it is? It's really, really cool. Yeah. So, uh, for going forward, do you think you're going to stick to the SMT because it allows you like a broader, um, a broader sort of guest range?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because then I I, I interviewed uh, Amon Panessa, who's a uh, a mixed engineer in Canada right and okay, he's, al- yeah. he's also got a podcast as well and mm-hmm. he's just moved now recently so I, I think he's had a bit of time off but he he had a podcast as well that's kind of how we knew each other and he and uh so i had a chance to kind of interview him um i there's a few other people you know i, I want to interview see that are not asian yeah yeah and uh that's always been in the back of my mind uh, to do um well, it's very hard because you kind of you can off in a niche right even now yeah. i kind of have a lot of my guests are very punjabi yeah and um you know i haven't had many muslim guests on uh i haven't had many uh sri lankans or you know gujarati people on uh which i, sh- I want to do right and uh that's why i it's hard though because you can't interview people within your bubble in a, in a <laughs> sense right and uh but i want to open it up a bit more and uh that's the aim i mean i've got i've had a bit of a pause as well since december um for a few reasons family and work and whatnot and uh and i've got a couple of interviews ready i've got a meet channa from um, you know meet channa from bend it like beckham yeah uh, and East uh, eastenders that shows the next one and um i feel a bit bad sometimes i see him online i think he must be thinking what's happened to that interview with yeah. but it is coming out if he's going to watch this it is coming out and, uh, i've got a few others but i it's fantastic because you can stop whenever you want right and start again yeah um it's but the only thing about podcasting in that sense is you have to be consistent with the releases i think yeah that's, yeah that's where you, what you need to do um uh, uh, you know, I need to take my own advice on this as well because I wanted it at a show every week, but I think if you stop for a while, people find something else because there's yeah. so much out there. there. When I talk about podcasting in 2015, podcasting in 2020, 2021 is very different because in the Asian scene, there's so many podcasts these days, right? And uh, there's one called the Native Immigrants, right? They're my friends Swami, right? And he he's sort of connected me to a few other podcasts that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Asians, you know, yeah, some, yeah, you know, some girls doing it, and uh, um, and some uh, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but uh, Roots and Rhymes, I think, is another one. Them guys are sort of uh, has some fantastic guests on, um, so it's the environment's changed, and sometimes I think to myself, can I offer anything new now? Because I've kind of, when I was 2015, I, I kind of had it all my own way, there was no one yeah. else around, right? and. Uh, <laughs> And it was new. And the difference, because it was new, made it successful. Now, there's a lot of podcasts around. What what do I have to offer new? So that's always in the back of my mind as well. Um, and it's great there's more podcasts because it just shows the popularity of them. And, you know, people said, oh, you shouldn't start a podcast now. There's too many of them. But they said that to me in 2015 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And uh, so exactly, there, there isn't that many yet. Obviously, there's a lot more than there was, but I think if you look, only you are you. You've got your own unique voice, own way of interviewing people and your own sort of interests with guests. So that's you. That's your own show. I, I've got completely different guests and yeah. the way I interviews uh different. Um, if you can even call it interviewing. Right. And, uh, yeah. So it, 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 I've got my own little niche. You know, it's not there's billions of people here in the world. Right. there's no scarcity of listeners and when you get in the media world uh it's quite ego-driven world and people are they can get jealous and uh, they can think oh i want that person to come on my show i don't want them to come on that show it's all bullshit right Uh, yeah yeah right it's nonsense uh so it's a different world now i'm kind of enjoying it much like i said my shows will be back soon and um but I, like you mentioned, you got Azad on your show and you used to watch him with fitness. That's cool, right? So you get a chance to speak to the guy, pick his brains, see what he's all about, and uh, you get to know him better. And it's good for him as well because he can promote, you know, he's uh, online fitness training as well. So I think it's a win-win situation.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it is It is a very cool thing, but I think it's like what, what we was talking about before is that everyone has different interests. So I didn't actually realise... Uh, naively I didn't realize how many Indian podcasts or South Asian podcasts there were when I actually made mine I was thinking oh I've not seen any South Asians I'll I'll start doing it and then I'll come into the space and you realize oh there's so many um, which is still really cool though because it shows that like there is a market for it if there is so many South Asian podcasts there are people who are willing to listen to it which is a good thing but um, another thing that you were saying before is like sort of trying to pigeonhole yourself into this sort of space which again, that like, that's why I didn't, I was originally going to call it something more South Asian orientated, but I thought culture is something that everybody has, do you know what I mean? Even, although there's jokes, yeah, even white people have culture, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there's black, Chinese, white, whatever, there's a different background. That's why one of the guests uh, that I've pre-recorded, but I'm not sure when it's going to come out, is, uh, is uh, white guy. So I'm trying to put that in really early, just so it sort of, breaks it up and it's not yeah. just a Sikh podcast you know what I mean yeah. like yeah, just yeah. to make that sort of clear although his culture is very similar to a lot of South Asians and that's why I have put him in because I, I know him personally from for a really long time which is the cool thing about it um another passion that you have is is photography as well and uh is how, how did you get into photography I've seen some of your shots when you've went back to India and they look super cool like uh, of uh, like your podcast, a lot of it is black and white. um So, how did you start getting into photography? Where have you shot things and and talk to me about that? Well,
0: I, that was always like a side passion of mine throughout music and even when I was in the bands. And I always liked taking pictures. And uh, I had film cameras. That's how long ago I've been taking pictures, right? And uh, <laughs> and I remember buying the first digital camera because they, they used to be a bit of uh, snobbery about it. They used to say, "Oh." Yeah, digital cameras ain't proper photography because yeah. you know you, you take a bad picture, you delete it. But with a film camera, you can't. You've only got 24 uh, in a real film, and you've got to be you've got to know your settings, which is kind of true. But anyway, I got my first digital camera, and I thought it's fantastic. You can take like a thousand pictures right <laughs> on a little yeah. card, right? And uh, so I just went crazy. I d- I I just love. Um, I don't know about you, if you ever been on holiday when we used to travel about, and uh, you go to a certain place and you see a certain scene, and I thought, wow, I love this. This is this is fantastic, right? I've, I'd love to, you know, uh, capture this moment. Yeah, you know, This is when I didn't have a camera on me, just sort of seeing it, I thought, wow, I want to show someone this. You know, when I was in Jordan, definitely, there was such a mix of uh, a cult- culture there, you know. Uh, it's quite a Western country as well, uh, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And it was just something I was really passionate about, and then I knew whenever time went to India, I thought, I love to take some pictures of India. Street photography, I love. I love street photography. Yeah. Um, I love that. I, I like documentary photography as well. I don't like posed photographs, where you tell someone to stand there and you stand there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like wedding photography doesn't doesn't do it for me at all. Yeah. You know, a because they're fantastic photographers. Wedding photographers are really really good. Uh, technically superb. You know, lighting and I'm not. So I kind of like the sort of uh. The rough documentary style, uh, and I like black and white because, and I do like you mentioned. I did black and white on my podcast videos as well, right on YouTube, and uh, I, I do it for a, uh, I do it for probably the same reason of my photography. I think black and white just makes you focus on the picture, and you're not distracted by color. And um, so I try and convey some kind of message in the photography as well you know even if it's just a child sitting there on his own i don't know in the street or something i just want to want people to think i wonder what's going on yeah the, the reason it's black and white in my podcast as well is because i i want people to focus on the uh, conversation mm-hmm. and it's because it's not a tv show it's a podcast ultimately it's a podcast the audio is the podcast that that youtube it's just an additional thing because people wanted the videos because we recorded them on zoom that's yeah. how it started i didn't and it's a pain because it's a lot of hard work youtube and i'm you know I had to learn about videos as well uh but that kind of sort of not took off but it's it's popular people like the videos some people like the audio mm-hmm. um so but, but that's kind of why the photography is something I, I like to be honest i like spending time on my own as well and i've got a family and it's quite noisy at home sometimes as you know you know we got disturbed uh, by my youngest uh so I used to like walking around and just had my headphones on listening to podcasts obviously not my own because that'd be quite sad but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh and just taking pictures sort of capturing moments and um, and I love that feeling and uh, coming home and sort of editing them making them look as good as they can and I remember when I went to India I took a picture of my mummy making roti and I just put it on Facebook and Ashjad Nazir from the Eastern Eye messaged me, said, oh, I really like that picture. Could you take some more women in Punjab? And so where I went on a holiday, uh, I ended up having an assignment, a photo assignment. Yeah. I started to take pictures of women in Punjab. And that was published in the Eastern Eye. And again, very lucky, I, I used to listen, uh, read the Eastern Eye when I was a kid. My dream was to be in the Eastern Eye as yeah. a Bangladesh singer. Remember, it to be a Bangladesh singer. Yeah, there, yeah. And I wanted to be the guy in the, in the entertainment section i didn't the first time i was in the eastern eye was because of my podcast the british asian podcast that was the first time i was in there right so podcasting got me in there but not singing right and (laughs) um but yeah i that's a definitely a passion i want to take up more i'm just waiting for lockdown to be kind of over right and uh, like everyone else Mm -hmm. so i can get out and about and take some more pictures uh but i just love photography and it kind of helps with I like design and graphics and it helps when you've got a podcast to do things like that as well and uh, it's just that you know and when i do pictures of me training which you know like selfies as people call them yeah uh, i like like to make them slightly different and add a bit of you know
1: uh creativity to them and it's also good to it's also good uh to like keep track and keep track of progress because the 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 other topic that I want to touch on was fitness because you. I, I don't want to be uh, disrespectful in any way because I went through my own weight loss journey, but you were a larger gentleman than you are now, mm. um, and uh, I applaud your journey because when you look scroll down the Instagram feed towards the bottom, they're almost unrecognizable. <laughs> I mean, the, the beard does help in that as well. It makes you look <laughs> like a very different person, <laughs> yeah. but also like the weight loss uh, journey that you went yeah. through is is what triggered that.
0: Well, I it's 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 very uh, you know what I used to uh, I used to drink a lot, yeah. I mm-hmm. uh, used to smoke, uh, Mayfair. Uh, now Richmond, Memphil's one of my favourite cigarettes yeah. and drink, and I used to eat bad food. Obviously, when you're drunk, you used to eat what you know—kebabs and burgers and pizza. Yeah, and um, I just put on a lot of weight. Obviously, if you eat that kind of food, and you know, alcohol's got a lot of calories in it, and uh, and. I kind of had an interest in keeping fit, but when you're drinking and smoking, it's it's hard, right. To keep up with it. So I, I got to a point where I thought, you know what, I'm getting into my forties now. And, um, I haven't really looked after my body very well in, (laughs) in, in in my younger years. And, uh, I had kids and I thought, I don't want to be unhealthy, man. I need to do something about it. So I, would stopped drinking anyway by then, but I thought I want to get a bit fitter. And, uh, and, uh, My friend from uh, PDM, uh, Daljit Kag, he's a drummer. And uh, he said, I want to buy a new drum kit. But he goes, I can't until I sell my squat rack. Right. Right? And uh, at that time, I just started getting into going to the gym. I wasn't really into it as I am now. And he goes, you want to buy my squat rack and uh, and bench and uh, some weights and plates, the whole shebang he had. Yeah. And and he lived in Slough. Obviously, I live in Yorkshire, right? And I thought... (laughs) I said, all right, I'll buy it, buy it off you. So I drove down and uh, halfway through, I'm, I had to go to the service station at the Google to see if the load, maximum load of my Citroen could take a squat rack and, met, you know, cast iron plates and all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, And it did. And, but anyway, I brought it off him. We had to dismantle it together. I thought he would have it ready for me, but he didn't. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, I brought it off him. I put it in the garage. And uh, my wife was like, "You better use it," because obviously she probably thought he's gonna do it for a while and then get back on a drink or something probably. Right? <laughs> and um which did happen for a while, but uh, but because it, it was in my garage, I thought I have to use this because, and I just started getting into it. But then I would stopped drinking completely, and I kind of changed my life. I stopped smoking and all that, and I I started researching, and I, you know, I, I spoke to Azad, right, as you know, on my on my podcast, and I spoke to him about things training. You know, he's a vegan, right? And I used to wind him up being a bit vegan. He's a great guy, but he's all about diet. This is, you got, kind of know, need to know your macros, yeah. protein levels, carbs, you know, fats. And I started researching. You can find out anything online, can't you? So I started doing more and more research. And I thought, okay, it says if I eat this much every day, I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. Right? So I did. So I, I decreased my calories and uh, it worked. In about a month, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm losing a bit of one month. My jeans were getting a bit looser, and I started had a bit of definition on my arms because I was doing a bit of weight training. I thought, but I still weren't really. I didn't have a program or anything. Yeah, and um, sort of winging it, right? And uh, I thought, I'm gonna. Oh, I quite like this. I feel good. It makes me feel good, you know. And uh, so I started really getting into it, uh, researching programs, and then I was all in. I started buying equipment, and this was before covid lockdown I yeah, had yeah. Stuff anyway right, which is amazing because it's it's hard to find now and it's very expensive right uh, at the moment people are asking ridiculous prices and that was it but what i found it helped me uh not to uh eat bad food or drink or smoke it just focused me and mm-hmm. i think because i was always in that kind of person that wanted uh gratification straight away
1: yeah I wanted to go
0: on stage and sing, and everyone's go, yeah, you're amazing. I love that. I wanted to do a podcast, release it. Everyone's, yeah, it's great. Um, I I loved all that. Even photography, take a picture, oh yeah, it looks good straight away. I could see it, you know. And uh, training is one of these things where you don't get that.
1: Yeah, not at all.
0: Yeah, so you you can spend an hour and a half, an hour, whatever you do, right? And you look pretty much the same as you do when you went in, right? (laughs) What you don't see is behind the scenes what your muscles are doing, they're repairing themselves, a recovery, and it's a more of a long term thing. And I, I think I need to learn that in my life about long term plans rather yeah. than short term pleasure, which is I mean drinking is a great example of short term pleasure. You know, you drink, you get drunk, you feel great, but the next day you feel crap, right? If you drink too much, like you know me. Mean? And then so I love the fact that training doesn't give you an immediate badge to say there you go. Exactly. like months maybe years the kind of training i do now it's gonna take years for the kind of way i want to look and i love that and i think it's, it's it's just for mental health um just for your health uh and also just as a role model for your children mm-hmm. just to see that you know their dad's always in the gym or he's training and uh you know that fitness is part of life you know you should have it part of your life you know some kind of form you know like I know you listen to Joe Rogan. He always talks about humans are built to move.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're,
0: we are built to move and pick things up. You know, if you look at a strong man that comes on Christmas all the time, right? Yeah, he's a big guys. If you think about it, it's ridiculous, really. They've got big guys picking up big boulders. Yeah, there's nothing more cavemen <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Is there right? You know, just picking up heavy things. It's just, but really, it's nonsense. But actually, you can see why. I think we're just built in, that's something built in us, that we need to run, jump. You know, we're not built to really sit at home, watching Netflix, continuously eating crappy Uh, foods. I think that's what causes a lot of depression and uh, people get down because they, I think they need that. The endorphins that are released from fitness uh, are amazing. And uh, I applaud anyone going on a fitness journey, whether they're 20 stone or, you know, and they're trying to lose weight because... I applaud people when I see them in the gym and they have got a lot of weight to lose. And I think, and you know, some people get nervous, don't they? They don't want to go to the gym because they feel like, you know, there's going to be big guys there or big, you know, fit women there. You know, they're going to, we're going to look stupid. But actually yeah. of all the places you should be in is, is the gym, right? And uh, right. anyone with uh, a brain cell will know that you're in the right place and you're doing something to improve yourself. And so now I've become such a advocate for training and fitness and and I love it. And I, I started getting more DMs about my training. They're my podcast, yeah, which, ain't, yeah. which ain't very good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so people are asking me, how do you lose weight? What kind of training do you do? What do you eat? This, all these kind of bits. That's why I do it in posts about what I'm doing and training because I can't answer them all. And, um,
1: and it's motivation for others like when when they see you in the gym it's like a kick up the backside like i know you train really early in the morning sometimes as well so when people do wake up and they go on instagram like um as many people do in the morning one of the first things to see is you in the gym and it's like an instant reminder get, get your ass in there and start working out like it is a it is really cool i, I like what you said before about like the discipline that it instills like I think when you, when you're passionate about anything and when you get passionate about the gym you can make it into like a parallel for life do you know what I mean like it, yeah. it's a really good parallel for life like you're you've got all this weight on your shoulders if you're doing like a squat you might be coming down but you need to push that back up and it's exactly like life and it's gonna help you grow but it's gonna do it in a way that is literally hurting you you literally have to rip your muscle for it to repair bigger and it's when you when you look at it like that, it's like a beautiful sort of art imagery. know, right? when you put it in them sort yeah. of words,
0: yeah, it's a it's a metaphor for life, right? Absolutely, you're 100 mm-hmm. percent right. And you know, people, I, I tried a lot of things when I when I wanted to just stop drinking, right? I tried meditation, uh, hypnotism, I tried all sorts, right, and uh, self help books. But I, for my for me, my meditation, like you talked about, squat, squats, right? A lot of people don't do squats because they're hard right and deadlifts they're hard you know uh the compound moves people yeah. like the bicep curls right and the sexy ones but when you put a bar to do a squat and you're, you've got a lot of weight on there or, or quite a heavy weight you're not thinking about anything else <laughs> about, yeah. but getting that bar back up and that clears your mind you're that's a that's a form of meditation because that you know them reps you're doing you're not thinking about anything else and uh, what you could put, and, and you can fail, right? You can fail or squat. You can't get back up. You have to take it on the safety bars, but you try again. It, and It's a fear thing. You think, all right, I'm going to try again. You know, I might not. I could, maybe I could do it this time. That's life, right? Uh, you, but... might, you you might have fear about something, but you you got to push through sometimes. And I always think I always say to my kids, "What's the worst that's going to happen to you if you try this?" Because my my oldest daughter couldn't jump in the swimming pool. She could never jump in. Yeah. And I said, what's going to happen to you? She goes, "Uh, might go to the bottom. And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm here, ain't I? I'll, I won't let you go to the bottom because uh, that's illegal. And uh, the police <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she goes, oh, you know, and she did it. She was still scared, but she did it. But eventually she kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And now she jumps in. Right. Uh, she, it's a fear thing, you know, and I, 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 it's helped me in, in work and in life and podcasting because i feel confident when i when i talk to people you know uh, i remember the difference between me interviewing Nazad in 2015 and 2020 because i was a different person i've yeah. been training you know and the first time i interviewed him i, I wanted to get into it but uh, and he knew a lot more than me and he still does and but i couldn't talk to him on that level but now i i i can in a sense you know because he's a very strong guy yeah yeah i mean man he's some of the stuff he lifts and he's not as big as me if you look yeah. at him but he's strong way stronger than me right and uh and uh, so it's inspiring right to watch him when he's you know uh, squatting like 100 kg and above i said yeah. wow that's amazing right and uh i i love it but that's it's for me it's it training itself is a great metaphor you know when you said it breaks down your muscles but your body adapts that's right? it that's what mm-hmm. it's doing it's adapting that's why your muscles grow because it knows that you're going to do this again at some point uh that's like life you know 100%. Your, your, your mind has to adapt because i get loads of rejections by the way for podcasting interviews yeah, yeah. i get loads yeah and people said oh do you and I went they go we wouldn't think since you had a podcast before and you kind of known as having a podcast and you know uh I said yeah people still you know I've asked quite a few people and uh sometimes they say no, or they mm, they're not sure you know or they won't reply yeah you know, and um I said that's w- that's the way it goes sometimes you know uh it's not it, it's not you know You always think it's easier for the the other person on the other side of the fence. You think, oh, they get all these people on. Uh, Because I get that all the time. People that are starting podcasts, young podcasts, saying, how do you get the people on? Yeah. How do you get them to come on your show? And I said, i just keep asking people. And eventually someone said yes. And you you do enough of them for them. People know, all right, this guy's serious or this girl's serious. And they like your show, this quality. And, you know, it's not going to waste my time and uh yeah i'll give it a go and that's how it works you know you just got to keep going um and that's how that's how i started so anyone wanting to start you know don't give up you're going to get rejections i'll get them now if that yeah. helps
1: anyone you know so <laughs> yeah like for me like um uh, at the beginning obviously is an unknown quantity like the i haven't got like the track record of having a previous podcast like you like you just mentioned um i would say probably five percent of the people i've contacted have actually came out to do it like it has actually become a podcast by the end of it do you know what I mean like so like I've contacted the x amount of people I'd say 10% probably get back 90% don't even respond and then 5% probably end up becoming a real podcast like it it is uh but at the same time I'm really lucky because I have had a lot of podcasts so far I've I've pre-recorded quite a few as well Mm. so I do feel quite lucky in that sense that um People are saying yes, but I think that is a is a testament to how far podcasts have come since back in the day, like 2014, 2015, when, mm. when you started, which is only five years ago, which is crazy. Like the amount, right. of, amount of change in that amount of time. Right. Um, I'm conscious of your time because I know you've got a, 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 a podcast, I think, recording after this. Um, but what I like to do with all guests is basically ask them the same five questions at the end of each podcast the i used to call them quick fire questions but they're not really quick they're quite deep so uh let's get into these the first one is what are you most proud of
0: Uh, i would say i'm probably uh, apart from the sort of glib answer everyone may give his family and stuff like that i'm proud of them obviously but i think probably me uh giving up drinking yeah I think for me personally, uh, I think that's expanded my life. It's made it a lot more richer. And uh, I think I can probably give more to people to help them who want to stop. And I think that's probably my proudest moment because it helps. It's a knock on effect to my family as well, you see. Um, And yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah.
1: Congratulations for doing that. It is is a hard thing to do. Um, The second one is what are you most looking forward to?
0: oh and I'm most you know what I'm most looking forward to see my uh kids grow and learn. I really do enjoy that you know they uh they always surprise me with uh I mean they were talking about I've got two kids and uh, they're saying, oh, we want another kid another baby in the house right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not gonna happen right and uh, <laughs> i go I go what would you call what would you call the baby right and uh I go if it's a boy, what would you call it and they were coming out with. Some name or if I go mm. and uh, I think they said um, Aaron or something for a boy's name. I go, it can't be, a- it's got to be a bit Punjabi, right? You've got yeah. a bit of an Asian twist. And um, I go, what about a girl? And they go, Cassandra, <laughs> and I and that's what you know, what? And I thought, why did I say Cassandra for? And it's because we watch only fools and horses, you see, in our oh. house, right? And uh, that's what it was because yeah. it just makes it's just little things like that. And as they're growing. You know i kind of like them uh that's what i'm looking forward to see them grow and uh i mean for on a personal level for myself i think i think we've had enough of lockdown right we need i'm looking forward to that um to get back to some normality i can travel around a bit more do some photography and just just like everyone else really
1: yeah definitely um number three is what is your biggest motivation
0: um my biggest motivations—it's got to be my kids. I think for me, um, yeah. well, I think also for myself. I mean, I—I I, I lost my father at quite a young age, and um, I've always thought, is that it? Is that all there is to life? Yeah. You, know, you kind of, you, you know, you're born, you do some stuff, and then, then you're gone, right? And yeah. uh, I thought it's got to be more. And I've always wanted to kind of leave something behind. Uh, this is before I had kids and married and everything. I always wanted to leave. That's why I always wanted to record a bungalow song because I thought if I do a song, it's always going to be there. Yeah. You know, even when I'm gone, I've I've done something. It's kind of leaving your mark on the world, and that's kind of a a motivator for me. Definitely, I always want to. I don't know, maybe an ego thing. I want to leave something behind, you know. And um, I, my friend had a jar bungal. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, him, yeah, Harjot, yeah. Right, and uh, legend. Yeah, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> And he does a lot of videos and lives. And I said, why do you do all these lives and stuff? And he goes, I want to leave a legacy for my kids. And, you know, he had health problems, right? And he died. And so that's why he does it. And I thought, yeah, I go, my kids can watch these interviews when I'm long gone. And yeah. They can see, all oh, right, right, well, look what, what dad was up to, you know? Um, uh, so it's, it's a bit of that. I think that's what motivates me to leave something behind to say I was here almost. Definitely. You know? You know? You know like cavemen, didn't they? They used to put a hand, you know that famous <laughs> cave painting of a hand and um, that's what that hand means. It's not just, it's just to say, look, we was here. You know, uh, and obviously the modern version is when people put uh, graffiti in toilets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <X laughs> was, was here. here.
1: <laughs> um, we touched on this before, uh, but what is your definition of success?
0: Um, yeah, you know, we did touch on this before and it used to be when i was younger it was fame mm-hmm. i wanted to be famous right i want people to know me more than anything else and uh, i think that's a great motivator for a lot of people and humans definitely you know if you look at instagram yeah. uh, influencers you know there's 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 people with instagram pages where they just show their ass <laughs> yeah like you know booty, and they've got thousands of uh, followers they're obviously popular but that's it's that thing about look at me it's that ego thing right and as i've got older i'm older now and i've learned and the ups and downs and i've and i've kind of met some famous people uh and you realize you know some of them ain't very nice or nothing fame's not all it's tracked up to be you know uh, or that's not really a motivator for me anymore it's more about having um yeah decent conversations and that's a success to me having a good interview that's a success uh my kids being happy is a success me being fit and healthy uh me helping people you know with fitness or anything or even podcasting you know uh you know you asked me to come on the podcast i was like yeah i always support podcasters because i know how hard it is and i know how people at the beginning uh, won't come on and i know i know i've been through them hurdles right and i know exactly how you feel so uh that's why i said i'll come on and uh so success is for me, it can be the smallest thing. I mean, long-term success is just to be a good person, really good dad, you know, to my to my daughters, and and do the best I can. That that is success, you know. That is ultimately success, you know. Uh, this, you know, fame and having uh, an Instagram, you know, I'm not going to open up a booty uh, Instagram <laughs> profile. <laughs> no one, no one to no follow that. But uh, yeah, I think it changes. I think when you're young, fame is very, you know it's such a magnetic force because yeah. you want people to know you, don't you? You want to walk in a room and everyone knows, oh, look at you. And that's why we like celebrities so much, you know? Um, but I think as you get older, for me anyway, it changes to smaller things.
1: Definitely. And as the reason I ask this question to everyone is because, as we said before, it is very subjective. Like these questions, the, the reason I ask them to everybody at the end is because they're so subjective. So they're almost like an insight into that person within these five questions but The last one because there was only four. The last one, so last but not least, because it's the culture cast podcast. How do you think your culture has affected you thus far?
0: Oh, my culture, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's everything, my culture is everything. And uh, you know, the, the podcast, I wouldn't be here sitting talking to you if I didn't have that sort of them roots to my culture because um, that's how it all started, you know, for me. Uh, because you know, although I was born in India, I grew up in the UK, really, you know. Uh, and uh, and it was talking Punjabi at home and having my dad having Punjabi records and I, that connection with my culture was there. You know, I used to listen to Guru Man and Kalip Manak. I used to love these records and I thought, wow. But I used to like Michael Jackson and look, you can see the kind of song. I used to love other music as well. And um, I, for me, without my culture, right, I'm talking about Punjabi culture as well. And um, I would never have joined If i I would never have joined them so i would never have sung on stage i would never have met shin uh shin gc so i would never have sung on his album uh i would if i didn't do that i wouldn't have joined pdm yeah uh and if i didn't meet uh have met shin i wouldn't have gone Pajab radio right and uh then i wouldn't have probably been interested in podcasts or even had an idea how to start one you know um Probably photography would have been the only thing maybe I would have done, uh, but without my the culture, um, I, none of this. I, I think you can't you, I think, you know, your culture. So you know they called it the roots. You know your roots. Yeah. And and uh, sometimes you hear that you think, mm, is it really? You know, we're here in the UK now, and I don't really got you know much interest in India or whatever. But I think it's so important. I think I'll be lost if I didn't, uh, you know. I, I would be lost without my, my culture, without a doubt. And uh, and it, it, there's an English culture as well, right? Yeah. Which I'm just pr- as proud of. You know, I'm not, you know, all all India, all India, you know. Uh, I don't like the UK. I love my British culture as well. I love watching football. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I used to love going to the pub to watch the Saturday game, having a few drinks. That's pure English culture, right? And afterwards, exactly. going to uh, an Indian curry with the, my friend. You know, <laughs> it's just a weird... So I like both of them, you know. And I remember going to India first time I went back, and uh, I miss match of the day, and yeah. uh, stuff like this. It's just I miss my food. Um, it's so both cultures to me are super important, and I think you can have the best of both. We're very lucky, yeah. We're very lucky, man. You know, we got we got this English culture where we can understand about you know uh, you know Shakespeare and art, and we got the Tate Modern Gallery here in London, and. On the other hand, we've got Punjabi culture. We've got people like Khalid Moner, Kavash Asman It's amazing. I think it's brilliant. You've got both, you know, and uh, we can flip to both. Exactly. Yeah. We can flip to Punjabi. We can flip to English. You know, um, you know, when we talk to uh, my English friends, they've only got their kind of culture, right? They can't. They, they can't,
1: flip to, they yeah, can't exactly. flip to another one. Yeah, exactly.
0: So no one. We can flip to both, right? And whatever situation we're in, and uh, I think that's fantastic. So yeah, culture is everything to me. Both sides, to be honest with you, you know. I'll, I think it's easy just to say yeah, Punjabi side, but both sides to me are just as important.
1: Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. That's the reason I ask these questions is because for me, culture is whatever surroundings you were brought up in. Anybody, your friends, your family, yeah, whether it be your heritage is in from Punjab or whether your roots here in England, it's an amalgamation in, and you're the embodiment of that. which is why I, I ask it to everybody because everybody gives a different answer because mm. everyone was brought up differently. Which is it's really cool. Uh, a question that I might want to ask add into that from your yeah. answer yeah, is um, when when cricket's on India or England.
0: See you know what it's funny because I, I'm a I'm not even, I'm not even a big cricket fan.
1: Me neither, but I still support India. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think because I'm not a big uh, cricket fan, I support India. Yeah. Be, but I think if in, if India had a football team, yeah, and they were pretty good, they're in the World Cup and stuff like this, and it was England v India. I'm not sure cause I sport because I support England because you know I watch football and you know some people support Argentina and all sorts, but <laughs> or Brazil, Brazil's the one, right? And but I support England, right, because uh, I know all the players and this, that, and the other. But if in, so it would be India cricket team, right? And uh, I tell you a quick story. I I I started a job once and. Uh, there weren't many Asians there, but there was an Asian guy there. And I met him. And uh, at the time, there's, I think it's the World Cup was going on, Cricket World Cup. And he's a, a Sri Lankan guy. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, the cricket's on. You want to go watch it? Right? And I go, I'm not really into cricket. And his face has dropped. And, yeah. I swear, and I swear to you, that guy, he must not have spoken to me for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> because he must have looked at me. for, thought, here's, look, here's a brown guy. He, he, must, watch cr- 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 he must watch cricket. right? <laughs> and, yeah. and I didn't. But, uh, yeah, so India uh for cricket football england that's what i mean about culture it's that's a it, culture yeah. clash cast you know that's what we got right so uh yeah i hope that answers it yeah. yeah no
1: i agree that's that's me as well i'm not too much into cricket but when india's on i support them and when it comes to football i support england um i've really enjoyed this to be fair i, I would love to do it again sometime uh whenever you've got some free time maybe we can do a catch-up of uh podcasts or something <laughs> in in the near future um is there anything that you want to add before we finish
0: no no i just want to say uh very quickly look thanks for asking me to come on yeah. um i do i do get asked sometimes to come on to other people's podcasts and that and uh i don't do as many as i should really and but i think i should because it's a good experience because i i always ask people to come onto my show and i'm quite laid back about it and they're always asking me questions what we're we going to talk about what we're we going to do how long is it for and i always get annoyed i think yeah don't worry just come on just yeah come yeah on. we're just gonna have a conversation That's right? awesome. and then, yeah and uh but sometimes now i understand when i spoke to you you. i was like i've been asking what we're going to talk about i don't even know what we're going to talk about right and so i get it i get the other side right and i think i need to do a bit more on that so i thank you very much and i'm so happy that you've got a podcast because i get a lot of people not only asking about gym stuff but podcasting i'm going to start a podcast and i always send them a link right it's a pat flynn one i know you heard of pat flynn and he's a, like american blogger right and he, right. he's got he's got he's got a guide on how to start a podcast very simple one but very good very very good right and uh, i think i used it when i started And i send them that and i never hear from them again <laughs> they never make a podcast ever right? And nine times out of ten, never hear from them, because it's bloody hard work, right? Yeah. So, so kudos to you. Fantastic. You started one. You've got it out there. It's on a feed. It's going to all these uh, uh podcast generators, and it's out there for people to listen to. And I think you're, you're one of the rare people that have done it. I, although we talked about saying there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's not that many Asian ones, really. Not that many. And uh, so, fantastic because, you know, this is this is this is the the rawest form of broadcasting man. That's it yeah and uh, so I've I, I, kudos to you you are an inspiration to me thinking yeah, I remember when I was in that situation and you're out there doing it now and uh, you know you've got your mic shield you've got a great mic you know and you've got your social media out there and you're getting people on. And you ask you're
1: making, me right you're making me blush <laughs> and you're getting, you
0: made me blush you're getting the right people on and uh, you're asking the right questions and uh you seem to be comfortable doing it so good on you uh and for anyone else listening if they want to do it do it it's going to be hard work but i think you'll agree it the benefits of it are amazing
1: 100 definitely i couldn't agree more um there's way too many kind words to be honest i was like you made me blush on this side but yeah i, I couldn't agree more um yeah just what what you said there is basically my feelings as well for anybody who's listening uh i'll have all the links to the smt podcast in the uh, description on all the podcast apps and on youtube um for all of your socials and your link tree to your feed so you can go watch the smt podcast on spotify apple music youtube and more podcast platforms um and again thank you for your time, Mr. and. Uh, That's the end of the episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. (laughs)